I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. With that goal, today we're talking with Brandon Rice. Uh, Brandon's my friend. He's a husband, a father, an artist, creative visionary, improviser, actor, director, cinematographer, carpenter, and soon-to-be Nerf gun enthusiast. Um, Brandon has a passion for creating stories with video, and you can find those on his YouTube channel for the Social Evil Authority and find a lot of really fun, cool stuff. Brandon Rice. Welcome, man. Hey, Carlo. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> it's good, good to have you here, man. Yeah. Uh, you, you are my second official guest. What an episode three. What an honor. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. Um, so, I, as I'm doing this, what I've been d- thinking about is just talking with people that I think are doing fun things. And you know, we met because of improv at the improv shop. Um, but um, one thing you do is that, that I think is really cool is the videos and things you make with, with shiny, prop, shiny propaganda machine. Sure, yeah. yeah. And I want to talk about like that and how you got into that and where your creativity comes from and like, like, like what, 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 what drives you to, to make that and like what, where, did, where, did, where did that... So let's talk about what, you're, what, what that's all about now and then maybe we'll get into the backstory. Yeah, sure. Well, I would say I, I can't, if I'm not creating something, I'm pretty miserable. I've realized about myself over the years. If I'm not actually out there, like if it's drawing or uh, I don't know, uh, I, I I turn into a miserable person if I never have, if, I, if I'm not like creating something, I guess is the way to put it. Like Hillary sees that I'm miserable, that's my wife, or... Uh, um, I, I look at the world differently. I feel like, and I feel like it's with if I'm not actually producing something, uh, uh, I get mean. <laughs> <laughs> so to alleviate that, I'm making sure that I'm always making or doing something. <laughs> that's that's funny to think of mean Brandon. Yeah, because like I was thinking about it. You know, it was so you got this cool vibe about you and kind and smile and genuine and just a good. Feel like a good person, but you're telling me that's only because you're able to release this valve through creativity. I must be just a really good editor or a good actor, I guess. <laughs> because if you're not, if that that doesn't sound like what I feel and think in my own head, I guess. Huh. Um, I feel very like I can get judgmental and bored and uh, uh, listless, I guess. Uh, and it's having that sort of uh, project to work on or. Uh, big idea that kind of provides that ballast, levels me out, keeps me moving forward or positive, I guess. I feel like I'm actually acting on the world and I'm actually contributing something and rather than maybe powerless. No. Otherwise. That makes sense. Um, so let's talk about, so so you make, so right now mostly what you make are, are videos. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So what, how, how, if you don't mind sharing, well, first of all, I think it's cool. Like you, you realize that's what you need and you act on it and do it. And then you're also put it out there into the world, which I know so many people, I, I just think, you know, the la- things I've done the last several years, a lot of it has been driven by what I saw my parents didn't do. I saw them talk about going places or doing things or having things and just not doing them. And not that they were expensive or elaborate or, but they just weren't practical, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to do that. And then when I met you, I saw, oh, wow, he's, he's making movies and you're doing all the parts. So sometimes you're in them and yeah. you're doing the sound and the video and editing. And I don't even begin to know what all goes into that. And I've been, is fun to have been involved with a couple of those with you and experience you yeah. as director branded. Yeah. Because like you watch these movies about directors and it seems kind of scary and they're like, ah, you know, and you're like, oh, cool, man. We'll try it this way. Yeah. Oh, it's, it was almost like a therapy session. Like I was like, everything I did, I felt great. Like I could, that was good. I could, I could even do them better. Brandon thinks I can. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. <laughs> hey, that sounds good. You make me feel real good. All right. Uh, yeah. I, especially with non-actors, like, uh, it's important to be positive. It's important to be supportive with every move that a person makes. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that's that's how you perceived it. <laughs> okay. And then... Um, but to your... to, to Yeah, making stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm constantly... I'm doing everything. I maybe I'm a little bit of an overachiever, or just like a little too. You could, someone someone else in my craft might say this guy is trying to do too much, and I think that may be true. But I uh, I can't help it. I just I think I, it's partly because I like doing all the different pieces of it, and it's partly due to my inability to schedule people or uh, uh, I mean ask things of people that that I, that I feel is, is tough like. Having someone standing holding a boom mic for you know hours at a time is is work. Yeah. So it's it's hard to do that to ask that of other people. So I end up just like forgetting, putting it off, never asking someone to do that and just do it myself. Right. Um, I bet I bet because I, I was I don't even think about I wasn't even thinking about that. Again, there's like ten other levels that of things that are happening that I wasn't aware of of all the things that you're doing. But I was thinking about like all the stuff that was like required skill. That yeah. you do, oh yeah, you do well. Like, and I have no idea like, how many hours of work goes into to making all that happen. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, I grew up in kind of a, a household where there's like, there's always a piano playing, and there's my, my dad who's more of like a sound engineer, so he had the technical side of things. My grandpa was into woodworking. I, I feel like everyone in my house family had something going on that was creative, I guess. So that might be a, a source cool. of a lot of that, like um, curiosity and confidence to try things, I guess. By seeing it. I see, yeah, I definitely saw it from a young age. I mean, my mom was playing piano in church and uh, there's always music and there was always uh, something on TV. Yeah. Um, watching, you know, MTV, VH1 and... That's awesome. that's cool. Okay, I had no idea about that because I was I was thinking about it from because I have you know I have, I have, my kids are older mm-hmm. and watching how much the things I do impact them and then then you start thinking about things that you do that your parents did and oh yeah that's right that's why I'm interested in this because you know my mom always did this or that so that's that's cool to hear that about your background so you were around it and then how 
Did they get you involved or? Uh, they tried. I think, I think my mom tried to teach me piano, but I think she got frustrated and I could tell maybe, and I just was not interested anymore. So, I mean, from my young life, it was mostly Legos and uh, action figures and, you know, drawing random stuff. I was never very good at drawing, but um, yeah. And my dad was more the technical end of things, engineering things, uh, sound engineer stuff. And so I, and I think what, what I appreciated by my parents is they took that, those creative endeavors seriously. They found that they were valuable. They had value and they were uh, important and, uh, and they, they, they really appreciated crafting a moment. And I think that's what I take from my parents today is, is that appreciation. Okay. Um, as some, again, that's, this, all this is stuff I don't know anything about. So it's kind of, there's a, there's a technician aspect of what you're doing. The, yeah. The filming and sound and the engineering and all the quality of it. But then somehow you're also, for me, a lot of your videos have sort of this dreamy, ethereal feel. This this cool dreamlike quality and i've i've told you this but it didn't mean anything to you but like the sort of i am the walrus kind of that that's a, the beatles song <laughs> i've heard the song i need to understand what the there's yeah there's something about that song yeah that your videos captures for me cool yeah i'll take a beatles there <laughs> <laughs> reference sure yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah um i don't know i feel like uh that kind of dreamy space uh, is where I hang out best. Yeah, um, I, I'm really interested in finding. Uh, there's so many different emotions you experience that there are no words for. You know, like it's hard to put a word to or like uh, to name. And I don't know how we ever landed on like the words we have for the emotions we have but anyway like i feel like I, i'm trying to work in the space that's kind of beyond language and uh finding new uh what ends up just being like tone and um pacing and uh i, I like to play more toward uh, a musical quality i guess um it just feels like something you get swept up in and you kind of ride along with for a while um and you don't necessarily have to have a logic to it you don't necessarily have to have a uh a structure though it helps quite a bit um but you have to have a rhythm to it and you have to have some sort of deeper uh goal in mind with the video in the videos that i make anyway there's always some underlying uh theme or point i'm trying to make but i'm also trying to like uh sublimate it in like a uh, in a way that you just can't quite grasp a hold of mm -hmm. so that's probably where i'd put that <laughs> no that's I'm trying to like think of how else i would go about making like how i like because I, I can't i'm having trouble putting a name to the style it's kind of a montage i guess a lot of things tend to do best in in describing. It's like it's a montage pieces, but um. well, that beyond words that um, you you know you've heard me talk a lot about this. You know, Ken Wilber, an Integral Theory, 
And one of the things he talks about is, you know, rational thought, you know, ra- you know, rational, the whole rational st- stage of consciousness is something that evolved, you know, in the, in the Renaissance and then really took off in the Enlightenment. And that was, you know, the birth of science and our, our ability to understand things from a rational perspective. Um, pre that, it was more, before the rational state, it was all magic or mythic thinking. Either I could do magic or someone else could do magic. And then the birth of science came about the more of the concrete thinking. But the, we all do have transrational experiences and awareness, which just means it's beyond rational, our rational understanding. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like without using that word, like that's your, your, that dream state, that high, dream state is also just a different level of consciousness mm-hmm. um, that can be similar to, to meditative states. Um, the like in, intuitive, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took one of those tests a long time ago. What I don't know what it's called, but it, the first letter of it is intuitive. So that's what I'm. I'm an intu- Myers Briggs. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, I took that thing, and the guy told me I was. There you go. Uh, Myers said, "Same here. You're an intuitive." Yeah, I didn't meet Mr. Myers, or you the, didn't. No, that's a shame. Just a what? <laughs> He's a great guy. Really? Dang. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> so no, that makes sense. Okay. When you start a project, do you have that vision in your head before you start filming and working with actors? And you know, like, I'm trying to get this. Yeah, that's a good question. So I, it usually starts with some sort of feeling or the, uh, a fe- uh, like a feeling or a, uh, an image in my mind. It could be any of these things. An image, a feeling, a thing that's bothering me in life. Um, that I'm trying to get a better sense of, a better understanding of. Um, and it just sort of, you know, when you, something tastes funny and you get like roll it around in your mouth for a while. Like that's kind of what's going on in my brain. Uh-huh. Um, and that usually results in something get, get being created from that. Other times it's just like, here's a dumb joke that I'd like to say in a much more highbrow fashion. I want to see how how well I can hide this dick joke in a <laughs> two minute video, and that's just the goal. It's just right. to, <laughs> with a cool soundtrack. Yeah, like how much how much of how much aesthetic can I wrap over this thing? That's really just me making a fart sound. Right, that's awesome. So I I, I guess I guess uh, uh, on the social evil authority, which is most where almost the sketches and stuff that I do, uh, it's like. Uh, like the term highly metaphorical, but deeply stupid. Highly metaphorical, but deeply stupid. I like it. Yeah. So that's where I was aiming, at least with that. Right. Um, but with more serious work, like um, you want to try to nail down like what uh, the fundamental, like I feel like it's important to nail down like the universal truths in people and like things like the desire for love the desire for progress the desire for um you know like the 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 fundamental things of of uh i don't know your humanity this is getting very vague maybe but um and then starting from a place like that and then working up from there uh and like Starting from like a core drive, like for a character or something, I would you'd start from like a core drive of we all have something that seems universal, like something that 
is so fundamental that if you watch the video with no sound, you would still understand what they want and what they're trying to achieve in any given moment. Um, is there one work that you did that you feel like, like, you still remember so clearly? Like, okay, this is what I, this is what I started with, and through the process, I either ended up with it or it turned into something I didn't expect. Mm, that you were question. like excited about or proud of? I would say uh, the office comic. You you're in this one, Carlo. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That one actually turned out better than I expected. I thought it was going to be more of like the office uh, kind of vibe, and it turned into mu something much more pretty. Yeah, than I could have expected. Uh, I was really just going for that kind of office comedy thing, and. Uh, and it turned into like this, what I thought was like the golden hour was hitting on in this, yes. in this building. And uh, Logan was the main character and he's, he's, uh, he's basically a stand-up comic who's like in a fugue state. Uh, he works and li he lives and works at this office and uh, he spends his day just doing stand-up comedy in a fugue state. And then at night he works. Anyway, um, so he's standing there doing his like stand-up comedy riffing and like the golden light is shining on his face and everyone is just looks really amazing and i feel like that was a moment where i felt like i was just looking for like the the banality of the office and it turned into this beautiful um i mean as good as a as like a beach sunset yeah and it kind of it, it heightened the whole video to a point where it was it felt maybe a little bit more um dreamlike we'll say Def yeah absolutely yeah. yeah that's how it felt especially that was that was fun to be in, and um, it, every every character where there was a voice, you, you didn't see them speaking. It was like you're hearing their thoughts. Yeah. So every bit of it was, you you saw Logan speaking, and then everyone else you just heard their thoughts. So like you were like this this um, you were like this omnipresent being that had access to every every individual's thoughts like you're the witness of all that like in a dream in a dream everything that happens in a dream you know what each person's thinking and because it's all your creation and so yeah in that in that video the observer is aware of every single person's thoughts and feelings and emotions and and even the flashes to different things they're like they have all this information at their fingertips simultaneously and effortlessly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's what's really fun about filmmaking is you have that available to you. It's it's a fun, fun art form. That's cool. All right, so it's cool hearing about your process and like what you're going for and then why you do all the pieces. But like if you could just do one thing, if you could just, if you had a team of people and someone that could manage them and you're like... I, this is the this is the part I love the most. What would that be? Oh man, um, probably like a series or something uh, telling longer stories. Right now, everything I do is kind of limited by, uh, you know, how much can I pull off in a in a in a moment in, a, in a, like a day of shooting something. Um, and the stories are how you know I, they just have to be shorter in general. Um, I would love to tell a longer form story of some kind. Um, 
So like with episodes or like yeah, a movie? Episodic, yeah. Episodic, okay. Yeah, a movie would be fun. I think that'd be neat also. Uh, more a series longer. I feel like after like, you know, maybe three or four hours with a character, you start to become even more invested in them rather than maybe a movie where you have two. Mm-hmm. So it'd be fun to have a longer journey on a character. Um, and I think that would be a good challenge too because most of the stuff that I do right now is very um, like dreamlike and it doesn't, which is, it's they're more like sketches, I guess, than they are um, final pieces, you could say, mm-hmm. whereas you'd have that in like a longer show. Um, so it'd be fun to take those elements, all these sketches, and actually put them into a bigger bigger work. And that's kind of what I try to do. Like anytime I go into a, a few years ago, I'd go into a, every video, I'd go in with some intention of like, I want to explore like slow motion, have some sort of like even dialogue with the medium. Like why is everyone using slow motion? Like slow motion is becoming kind of uh, overused. How can I have fun with that concept? Yeah. And uh, play with it while still like kind of learning the how how it works and how it how to when to use it in a in cinema or whatever. Um. Okay, so with within the episodic thing, mm-hmm. what what would you what would be the most fun role for yourself in that? Would be like director, writer, like yeah, it's probably as a director. Um, producers have a pretty creative job too it's just harder to understand where they come into play because so many people get titled producer in LA or New York projects you know everyone wants to have some hand in it Uh, or someone's giving the money and they get to be called executive producer or uh, they want to put their girlfriend in a movie so they put their girlfriend as an executive producer or something so it's hard to say exactly where producer what producers do so I imagine uh, in the long run I'd be some kind of a producer but uh Right now, I'm probably more into the directing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got the vision of what it's about, and then you've got the team of people doing the cinematography. You could tell the cinematographer, like, this is, yeah, this is what I, because you, you now that's like your do it, like, I'm the director. Okay. I want, uh, from a cinematography standpoint, what angles do I need? What lighting do I need? What location do I need? And yeah. then what mics do I need? You're, you're doing all of that. So that as a director, you, you could articulate that. To yeah. a team, and that's a challenge for me right now is is learning to articulate that in mm-hmm. words rather than being like, you know, it's in my own head. It's much more efficient inside there, but uh, trying to get it out, it takes more time to like explain. Mm-hmm. And that's also probably why I haven't you know brought more people on because it takes a while to train people, even with the best of intentions, to come and help. I I can't s- tell them how to do the thing fast enough. Right. So I just develops shoots and in, in concepts that work in a very uh, efficient way. And that's what also leads to what like, leads to a lot of like the dreamlike qualities too is the, is the, uh, the lack of audio. Like it's the voiceover is helpful in the, from the technical aspect. Like I can't uh, record. Cause you're I not micing up everybody. Sound, yeah. Okay. So you sort of d- develop projects to work with your limitations. Right. 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 So if you did a longer thing and you had sound people, then they could mic up all the actors and there could be live scenes, but then there also could be dream sequences or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's par- part of... Yeah. And right now I'm working in, within a lot of limitations in mm-hmm. that regard. So designing projects that fit the limitations is is part of it as well. Cool. Have you ever have you ever just like thought, kind of like sketched out something like that? It's like oh, you, if you had limitless budget or not limit, whatever, a big budget... 
$10 million or something like that. Like if I had this kind of a budget, this is the thing I'd make just for fun. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've sketched out a ton of things. It's a matter of like finishing them, I think, because I, I, right now I think, oh, these are so far away from, from getting completed or being possible that I just table them until I feel like I have more, I'm in more of a position to be able to pull those things off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not, a, I mean, I've got, you know, maybe five or six, at least movies. Really? Probably that are fairly well outlined. Um, it's just a matter of the will to go and now and do those things. Right. Which or try is, to get funding and all that yeah, stuff. And yeah. And I feel like I, you get lost in the funding and you get stuck in that grind for so long that you you wonder why you even want to make the idea happen in the first place. There's a part in every project where I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Right. Uh, I could make this stop now if I want, but... Right. Um, yeah, when you... So, yeah, it's just all those... Um, you add every, every new person and thing that you add from the outside adds complications. Yeah. And money's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when you when you um, go through the process of like getting a, a, a movie idea or a story idea out of your head, even if you, even if you just kind of put it on the shelf for right now, does the does the process of creating that, even if it's private, help satisfy that need to create that keeps you, uh, what you said from being mean or yeah angry or, I think it's like in any kind of writing it will help you for sure. Um, it definitely satisfies me for that night. Cool. I have that. I did that. That's good. I feel productive. I can go to bed now without yeah. sitting there and looking at the ceiling thinking, oh, I gotta, I've got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think so. I think any little bit of creating something definitely helps um, in the process. I do love that flow you can get into when you're in the middle of, you know, figuring out Say you have an uh, say you have an idea and you have its the inciting incident and then you have the uh, the ending, and now you have this puzzle to figure out of like how do I get from A to B to C? Yeah, and make it make sense and something people want to see and that's that's a lot of fun. That's like a it's a very tricky puzzle. It's I mean the, there's so many writers out there who will give you the formula for it. And it's pretty standard across most films, but it's really a lot trickier when you sit down to try to write it out. Um, it's a lot of fun. How do you know? How do you know when you're done? Man, that's a great question. Um, like how do you know when you're awake in the morning? Like sometimes, sometimes the alarm goes off. I guess so. That's 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 when you're done. I don't know. So every every project is really different. It's not like mm-hmm. uh, you hit a certain number of features to it or whatever and it's oh it's done it's more like a uh so like the deadline that's good that's like the waking uh, i say the waking up thing like sometimes you just have to be done with it you just have to say okay that the date has arrived i this has to be delivered right other times you start on it it keeps going for a while and uh you kind of come to a realization that oh i don't think that there's much more to be said here um so you have to start packaging it up, you know. Um, 
in a way that'll make sense to people or leave people with some um, feeling of closure. Right. One thing I admire about you is that you, that you, so creativity for you, you've realized is something that you just feel like you need to do. Or it's part of who you are. Um, what advice would you give someone that has something that they want to make, but they're afraid to get started or afraid to put out there in the world? Oh, let's see. I would say start off making something just for yourself. Um, and don't expect to show it to anyone. I would say, I mean, if you're, if you want to write, um, start a journal and put like a really strong password on it, like that you might even forget and, and just <clears throat> be as honest as you can in it and, uh, or strive for whatever that thing is you're trying to do. If you're trying to write, you know, a movie or you're trying to, uh, write a poem or something, um, go for it and no one will ever have to see it and just keep doing it. And then on every iteration of it, it will get better. And you'll notice, start to notice craft and other things. And like when you've tried something and you see how someone else pulled it off, you'll start to notice, oh, that's how that works. Um, then you'll slowly start to build a craft around it. And then you'll find, you get more precise at expressing what you're trying to say, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just by working that muscle. Yeah. It's funny you say that about writing <clears throat> because I don't know, about six months before I did start my book, I had read a book that said they gave that as a as some, something to do. It's just like more for like as a means of like shadow work and therapy mm -hmm. is just to get up every day. And the author's like, just get up as, as, again. Ken Wilber is like, write for three, write three full pages, no matter what. And if you've written a page and a half and you don't have anything to say, then just say, all right, I'm done writing. I don't know what else to say and there's nothing coming to mind and just keep on that track. And then sometimes it's that last page that all of a sudden you do remember something that is hurting you or scaring you or inspiring you. And then you might go on for another page or two beyond what you need to. And it, it took me, I did that for six months and it, that was re really kind of primed the pump for me being able to write more. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a long period of kind of meandering that you need to do with anything. I mean, even when you're starting a new project, it's almost like starting from the, from scratch where you, where you, you need to sort of spend time. Yeah. Meandering about, I mean, in, in, in drawing, you might scribble for a while. Like there's, there's a whole practice of just, you know, scribbling until forms start to, to reveal themselves in the page and you can start to improvise off that. And then right. it becomes a whole thing. Do you draw? Um, not as much as I had to in like school. Okay. But some, some, sometimes I do, yeah. Just for fun? Yeah. If there's a pen and paper laying around I'll, or if there's, yeah, I'll, I'll draw from time to time. But I'm not very good at it. It's probably my second, maybe least favorite thing to do. <laughs> I, I like all kinds of art for different things. <laughs> but like That's the second least favorite. I don't know what my, yeah. man, what's my first? How many, like, how many, what's the number that goes above to number one? Like, is it 10 or 100? I don't know. Is so, that, I wonder how so far low down. I might be into uh, crocheting stuff by like <laughs> by 40. We'll see. Uh, what's something you haven't done yet that you keep thinking about? Hmm.
Maybe build a house or something. Whoa, that would be fun. Yeah. I saw some guys building a garage the other day in an alley. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That you can put stuff in it. Right. <laughs> it blocks the rain. You put stuff in it. <laughs> I'm a real dad now. I'm just hanging out there. That's the story of civilization, the man. Watching them <laughs> punch holes in the shingles. Is that two by four? Yeah. Oh, it, uh, just two by four there? You didn't put a <laughs> six by six? Wow. All right. Is that vinyl siding? <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, and then... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, uh, Yeah, I'd probably... Be, like, architecture is cool. It's just scary stuff because it's things that are like hanging over people's heads and I'm afraid of anything I do ever being suspended in the air. Like, right. I'm not a very good mathematician. I'm not a very good engineer. So I, it's probably best that I don't start exploring that, but I've always found that kind of interesting. Like, there's a lot of creativity, at least at the outset, like architecture. Yeah. That I've never approached. So, some of the, like, Renaissance guys also built things. Like Michelangelo designed the dome for St. Peter's. Wow. So he was a sculptor and a painter, and then he also built, the, it was the second biggest dome in Italy in the time, I think. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, he did, he did all, there was all kinds of buildings all over Rome that he designed. Some of them he just did, the, she just did the drawings for her, and then that someone else built them. And the dome wasn't finished till after he died, and they, they finally talked him into building a wood model of it so that they would know how to finish it because they're afraid he would die and not, it would not be done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's curious. That's curious that, that that's there's there's a people that create it. It it transcends. You know, sometimes sometimes people just do one, it's one medium and they're just like that's that's they're into. But like it that it can it can transcend that into you know beds and buildings and garages and films and whatever else. Yeah. Or you can spread yourself so thin that you never really get anything done. <laughs> you never get anything done. <laughs> but Da Vinci did. He's, well, he he. he there's a lot like, of unfinished uh, projects from it. He got in trouble by so a lot of his patrons got mad at him because he never finished things that he got paid for, and then got into arguments with them. And like there was a there was a time in he went to Milan. He was supposed to build this big bronze horse for this <laughs> for like one of the the Duke of Milan, and he got like fascinated by like. The anatomy of horses and just spent hours and hours and hours studying and drawing and drawing and drawing and like I don't know how much time went by and finally the guy's like dude man I'm, I'm I paid you a lot of money and you I put you up in this sweet you know house and he took him aside and was just like this is gonna be the best horse you've ever seen and he like <laughs> he, he totally like sold him on it because, but he was passionate about like he would get so like uh distracted by like well, how do how how does the this muscle in the horse work and when it contracts and and then go down all these rabbit holes and never <laughs> never finished it? Yeah, that's the thing about drawing is you, it makes you look at the world in such an interesting way. Like if you're really trying to re render what you see, mm -hmm. you start to pay attention to the like the physics of things. Like oh, that tendon needs to connect here, and that creates like a lever kind of thing. Right. So that makes sense why he could maybe make, you know catapults or whatever helicopters right um just watch looking really closely at the observable world and just using that well then he like yeah he got into like how, well how does not only how does light work and how does the eyeball work and he would what did he do 
take an eyeball and then boil it in the in an egg white so that it would uh have a solid form around it and then he could dissect the eyeball and so, Whoa. <laughs> I know he constantly was figuring out I and some of the stuff that he hypothesized and figured out wasn't some of it wasn't later proven until centuries later. Man. Uh so just keep going down that path, man. Yeah, right. I think there's something to be said for that uh again, that intuitive sort of I mean what they call used to call it the ether science or something like that before they really had a name, like the hard science has really existed. It was sort of this mercurial kind of um uh study space i guess mm -hmm. and there's some power there's some power in that i feel like where you're kind of freed compared to modern science yeah i'm not saying everyone can just believe whatever they want to believe but like um um there's something really cool where where you're, you're the, the freedom to think in in uh in the different sort of fields right now it feels much more siloed if you come up with Definitely. an engineering degree and you never really cross over into the art side of things uh, at least in the United States. Um, but, um, I guess that's what they say. Something like, like was, wasn't Steve Jobs an art major or something like that? Or he took classes in calligraphy and that was some of what drove... Am I, am I totally making that up? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It make, that makes sense. He yeah. definitely has some appreciation for the fine art side of things. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, and then, you know, Tesla was really cool. Like he was, I think, but he might've had actually had a degree in some kind of engineering, like a formal, like the closest thing to what we'd consider a modern day, like formal right. education. Yeah. But the stuff he pulled out of his head, like that just didn't exist. Like there's no, it was unfounded. There's nothing out there that's could do the things. And Nik Nikola Tesla? Nikola Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was like one of those people that would sort of like vision, like visualize some of the things he built, he, he would completely visualize until like the way Mozart made music, he would, I, I, what was the one device he made? I forgot. He completely like thought about it and thought about it, thought about it till he had it all in his head and then he built it. And that's how Mozart made music. Mm -hmm. We just like work on it until it was right and then write it down. I can't do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I don't have to do that. I've got a computer now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cool. Well, what, what, uh, any other, anything you're working on right now that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I don't have anything I'm working on. I'm kind of in a, uh, what do I do next kind of mode. Um, into woodworking right now, trying to figure that out, mm -hmm. especially since we're all locked inside. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I've been trying to remember to talk about that since it's like these episodes are during COVID and hopefully we're in a post COVID world someday. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is it? about life now because everybody focuses on what what's not fun what mm -hmm. part of it do you like do you want to keep oh yeah um we're all forced to live with ourselves a little bit more i think and maybe there's a little bit more self-reflection involved um i'm more of an introverted person and i think i can handle this pretty well because at least in the first four months i was like oh, i got this yeah i could be in my house for <laughs> Five months. Oh, we'll see how that goes. I could do six. Yeah, <laughs> it's starting to get to me now. But I do appreciate the the chance for more like self reflection and maybe the. It's hard to have any sort of pretense, I guess, right now. Like, uh, I don't know. 
we're all like in our houses just sitting around in sweats. Um, that's nice. I don't know. To know that everyone else is doing that, to, to know that we're all sharing something for the first time probably <laughs> in, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. Like some mass effect has occurred where we all like are experiencing a similar feeling. Yeah. Is, is I appreciate that. Like we don't have media to share anymore. We're all very fractured in our thoughts and things. But I think this experience has been um, something that's kind of universal, like worldwide really. So that's pretty amazing um, to know that we all have that. We're all impacted by this thing. Yeah. Way more than nine eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was like that, that. I mean, not to that it came and went, but I mean, there's other countries where it's like, yeah, that's terrible oh, that happened over there. Yeah. And then and then other things that bad things that happened in other countries are like, oh gosh, that's sad. And then we we go back to drinking coffee or whatever it is we're doing. Yeah. But all of us, all of us are impacted by this, and and constantly and every day. Maybe it'll make people more creative too. You've got to find new things to do outside of. I mean, how many different things can you do on your phone? I guess you can do a lot, but like maybe you'll try, you'll drop the phone and you'll go do something else, like create something or tr take up a new hobby of some kind. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I'm like, it's, it's, um, well, it's also given, you know, I, I thought I've been very, con I, I did my shopping again th today for, on, uh, for, uh, Instacart. Oh, yeah. And Groceries. It, it, it told me, Carlo, you've saved 41 hours in shopping so far this year. And I'm like, whoa, 40 hours. And then I looked at like how many times I haven't driven to the office and I've saved over 200 hours. Wow. When you add in the office driving time and not yeah. taking my son to school. And so that's, and that's just, you know, March to early December. Um, and I know there's a lot of other places I haven't gone. I haven't gone to Target and all these other places I've been doing, you know, just online shopping. I know it's, and there's a luxury and there's some, some people can't do that. And, and, and I'm grateful for the you know frontline workers and people, but uh, there's a lot of jobs where people really don't have to go in. And you look at all the man hours, and then the cars and the people people you know the people people wasting their yeah, lives buying cars. So office they, spaces, yeah, warm and cold and all that. Yeah. Exactly. So I kind of I like I like I like the I like that time that has been freed up for yeah, other things. Definitely. This is one of those things. Like I would, I've been thinking about this for a couple of years. I wouldn't I really didn't have the time to kind of like really figure it out. And now I do partially because I'm not driving all over the place all the time doing yeah dumb things. Yeah. Getting dressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much time that takes. You know, a fraction of my wardrobe that I wear now? Yeah. Like 5%. I will rock the same t-shirt for three days. Heck yeah. If I don't smell, I'll keep it. Right. Yeah. Well, as a reflection, the, this is really boring, but like I'm on the, the condo association yeah. and we were looking at our budget and the water consumption is down 20%. There's 27 families. And we thought, well, everyone's living at home. We thought we'd be using, taking more showers and whatever. But I'm like, I bet it's because less laundry. Yeah. Right? So what if, what if nationally our, our, our water's usage and, power, and also power usage, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the environmental goals that, that people talk about could be reached without, not, not with higher or better or fancier technology, but just by more, more uh, uh, preservation or um, redu reducing, you know, conservation is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, totally. So... Um. <laughs> Oh, this isn't too boring. Uh, but I don't know, just thinking like, think of, just thinking like, all right, this, this sucks. It's not fun. We're in this big t 
timeout. I've written a couple of things about like this grand timeout. Like what, what, and well, what, what part of this do I want to keep, you know? And I've been cooking more and my, you know, I'm better organized with my stuff and I like to keep that up. So I'm just curious, like what, what other people are doing and learning. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do more, uh, more woodworking because I, I don't need anyone else around. I, it's pretty solitary. So that's nice. Just building, trying to fix the house, the stuff that I, that seems to be rotting away. It's like a hundred year old house. So there's something that's going to snap soon. Yeah. You just got to be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so having the time to do that. Yeah. More time to make dinner. Yeah, for sure. That's nice to make stuff. I do like cooking. So that's been nice. Um, and then your son gets to see you do all that, which is like where, the, where we started with, like you saw the seeds of what your mom and dad were doing. Now yeah. they're seeing you doing that. So it'd yeah. be fun to see what that turns into. Yeah, well, I've never even really thought of it that way. I, I guess I'm not conscious of that I'm exposing him to it. Like, that, I don't know. You're a, little, you're a little further along in the parenting. Yeah. So you've maybe seen some of the yeah downstream of the stuff you were doing. All, all those things that you're doing, he's, those eyes are watching you yeah. and becoming part of his, oh, part of his perspective of, of what's possible. And that plus some. Like, oh, I can build this, or I can just make a video, or I can fix things. And you guys have your garden, and you don't know what what literal like seeds are growing in his brain. And yeah, th- and this this has been his reality for his for his like. A, there's a chunk of his life that's been like this. Like, how old is it? How, how he's four now. Four. Yeah. So we're coming up on like 25 percent of his life will have been in this era. If, yeah. if this goes on, oh yeah, another in, in the in the COVID era, yes. yeah, 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 that's formative, man. And he sees, it oh, is. mom and dad make food, and they, my dad makes videos and builds furniture, and that's just what you do. Yeah, yeah, that is. It is weird to think how much you are programming a little brain. What what a responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> well, like all, I mean, you've seen that, like all the stuff that, that I've been doing and then my my sons, you know, I showed them your videos and like, like, oh, you just make videos. And then, you know, like Graham's making a board game. My younger son's, he, cool. he like tested out with his buddies and they're going to put it on um, tabletop simulator and, and I don't know what he'll do with it, but he's got, you know, he's got the pieces and he's got cards and he's got a board and it's an interchangeable map so it can be different. There's like, four, I think, four or five different layouts for this That's spaceship cool. thing he built. Uh, but, I mean, that came from, like, him seeing me or my friends that are making videos or making art or whatever. So those seeds get planted, and you don't know, like, one day your guy's going to be like, hey, Dad, uh, I did this. Whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And all the tools available, too. Like, what you were just mentioning, there's some simulator, a board game simulator that's out there that I have never heard of. Yeah. Like, there's so many... Like today is the best time to be alive in terms of as a creative, just because there's so many great tools out there to make, you know, a poster, to make a tabletop game. To well, well, and then learning it, like so, you're going on and learning how to make Japanese furniture, and like I, my, I was Google was like a new when when my older son was little, and so we were always just googling things because it was this new exciting thing. And then when he was in middle school, one day is when Minecraft was kind of new. It came out of his bedroom. And he was kind of flustered. I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, well, I fig- finally figured out how alternating current works. I'm like, 
cool, man. <laughs> Why do you need to know that? He's like, well, I'm trying to build this lighthouse in my Minecraft, our Minecraft server, and I need to know, because they're using redstone and they can make wiring, and he needed mm -hmm. to know how electricity worked to make the lights spin around for this lighthouse thing. And oh, he was man. watching YouTube videos about electricity so that he could then program this lighthouse in Minecraft to spin. That's brilliant. Right? <laughs> but, That's awesome. Yeah, but it's like, I, I don't know how to do that, but he saw... Like when when, there, when we needed to get information, he saw like you can just look for things and find things, and he took it and did his own own thing with it. You know. Oh man, the fact that you can gamify concepts like that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So you get all, all the all those habits. Your the eyes are watching you, man. Yeah. And, yeah. And you, it'll be fun for you to see in a few years where he takes those. Yeah. Which is exciting. That's why I wanted to talk to you, man. Because like you do fun things, and you got you've got uh, a great family, and uh, I admire you and appreciate you as a friend, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thanks, Thanks. for having me on this podcast too. What a what a treat! Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, even though we're, we're in the we're in the uh, Shock City Studios, and they got a cool setup where we can all see each other, but be in different rooms with yeah protective glass. I am in the Drum room. <laughs> the drum room. I'm in an airlock. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but uh, cool. Well, again, uh, well, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, before we wrap up, uh, where can people find your stuff and watch your videos and learn more about what you're doing? Well, if you want to watch some weird videos, you should go to The Social Evil Authority on YouTube. That will... That's pretty much what we've been talking about today. If you want to uh, see some more of the professional side of the work I do, you can go to shinypropagandamachine.com and see some of the more um, grounded stuff. As you can tell, I like long names to things. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so that's a wrap on the third episode. Um, since uh, we did the second one, I finished up my website. It's live now. You can go on there and check out all kinds of stuff about the book and and the blog posts. And pretty soon, the this podcast will be live there. You can find that all at www.carloblog.com. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next time. Mm -hmm.